Episode 4, Anxiety's a Bitch, The Fortress Against Anxiety, Inside Out. Welcome. I'm going to turn our prevention efforts from what I discussed in the last episode, improving the world around us to calm anxiety, to things that you can do personally or from your inside out. But first, how about a bonus technique? You can buy the John Mayer Anxiety Coloring Book at Ant... I'm just kidding. (laughs) Really, here's my tip. Remember in episode two, I talked about the problem-solving technique. I encourage you to be a detective and make the unknown known. Well, here's a great tool in this process when you just can't figure out what is causing your anxiety. Try writing down your theories of what could be stressing you out. Start with writing down anything. Even if you know it's wrong, just keep writing, theory after theory. The answer to your anxiety may just pop up. This technique is not foolproof, but I have seen people have great success with it. This is what scientists often do when they are formulating their hypotheses in the beginning of a research study. Try it. Let's talk about you, how you can walk through the world, and how this strut can prevent anxiety. Here's my overall advice. Leading a rich, full life is fantastic anxiety prevention. Think about it. If stress or worry attacks you in one area of your life, let's say some financial pressure, by having a rich, full life with many engaging elements, you won't or even can't be overwhelmed by the anxiety of this particular stress. These other areas of your life will envelope this worry and take you away from obsessing about it. People who suffer the most from anxiety are those who lead isolated, monastic lives. Keeping the focus on within, please let me plead to you to take care of your body. I talked about exercise in episode two. Let me repeat. Exercise is an invaluable tool in calming anxiety. More and more we are leading sedentary lives. In response, more and more we need to move our bodies daily. And as I tell people, you're not training for the Olympics, so just get in the habit of some form of movement. A brisk walk, yoga, close your bedroom door and just dance, bike, jumping jacks, play with your kids or dog or even your partner, whatever. Just be sure to get your heart rate up. Weight training is good because your mind is diverted while you futz around with equipment. Just put some vigor into it. Simply put, anxiety creates energy inside you, and that energy will grind inside you until you release it. I can explain the physiology behind this, but trust me, better yet, try it and see how good you feel. Along with our good friend exercise, another pal of ours should be good nutrition. Watch foods that will jack up your anxiety level. Oh, sorry for that sophisticated clinical word, jack up. (laughs) There are some obvious ones that do this, like caffeine, sugary and fatty foods. But watch foods loaded with salt. They raise blood pressure. Processed foods, like luncheon meats, are little sneakers here. Always loaded with salt and preservatives. Be careful with energy drinks. These are just to name a few. Go ahead, Google this for a longer list. Another inside-out calming agent is sleep. I'm not going to discuss this at length here, but the next episode is all about sleep. 
and I have some great material for you. Let's talk next about how you pre present yourself to the world. And most importantly, how does this make you feel? Can it calm anxiety? You bet it can. Let me give you a couple of examples. A young man I helped was a typical-looking, right-out-of-college guy, graduate of a top university. His typical wardrobe was flip-flops, plaid cotton pajama-looking pants, flannel shirt, and a baseball cap turned around. It took him some time to score a good executive track job in a field he targeted for his career. He came to me because this first career job was causing him great anxiety. He didn't feel he was valued at his company. We worked on several things successfully to help his career. Relationships, organization, scheduling his time, and corporate politics. Then one meeting, he came to see me directly from work. He had those beloved flip-flops on, very dated jeans, and a short-sleeved blue button-down. We had a strong enough rapport that I felt free to laugh out loud, and then we proceeded to chat about a complete makeover from, yes, the bottom-up. Feeling good about how he presented himself at work was the final straw, as it were, to calm his anxiety. Now, I'm sure it was the combination of all these techniques we talked about in sessions, but he is more confident, professional, his anxiety calmed, and his career is on an upswing. Another example is a woman I saw via telemedicine. She was absolutely burned out by the pandemic work-from-home isolation. Each time I would see her, she was disheveled, no makeup, bedhead. You get the picture. She gave mild resistance when I suggested that every day she put on makeup, do her hair, shower, and otherwise dress like she would if she was going live into the office. The transformation was amazing. She did as requested, and she instantly felt less anxiety and better able to cope with the pandemic isolation. She felt like the executive she was. Let me move on. Here's a technique that I use that people find extremely helpful to calm anxiety from the inside out. Compartmentalization. You know, I haven't met a human being yet that doesn't have many life roles they play. One of the biggest sources of anxiety in doing so is that we move from one role to the other without separation. So our roles meld into each other and we become overwhelmed with anxiety. The biggest sinner here is your work invading your personal life, like a Viking raiding party. It is vital to learn how to separate yourself from work. This can be accomplished using both very practical changes and with mental adjustments. Here are some practical tips for compartmentalization. If you're working from home, please try and make your workspace separated from the rest of your living space. This doesn't have to be elaborate. I don't care if you live alone. Don't set up your work from home space on your kitchen table, for example. While you make your dinner, you'll be glancing over at the 16,000 emails marked urgent from the Rain Wilson in the next cubicle. Another tip. Give Caesar to Caesars. Oh, I suck at cliches in these old adages, but it doesn't stop me from trying. What I was trying to be cute in saying here is that 
be mindful of your work time spilling over into your home time and cut off your work day at a reasonable time. You've given enough of your blood for the day. Now stop. I don't care what you do or how self-important you and your boss think you all are. Taking calls, answering emails and texts in your home time is just setting the timer on a ticking time bomb of anxiety. Hey, that analogy kind of (laughs) worked. A couple of examples may help. A mom, teacher, coach at a high school, loved all her roles individually, but was suffering burnout from being constantly pulled from all these roles as they converged on each other. What we worked on was her for her to make better separation in these roles. We did this by several easy fixes. First, set limits on phone calls from her players. Second, during the non-school days, we limited the time she checked emails for school and coaching. Third, we set the priority of our family over her team's needs. Her anxiety was stuffed down dramatically. Here's another example. A mom working 14 days in retail. She would typically rush home to make dinner. Why her husband, who gets off of work three hours earlier, can't do this astounds me. But that's an issue for a couples therapist. I insisted on her taking her allotted breaks and lunch throughout her workday. One of the most helpful techniques she started was to stop for a coffee right after work and sit in silence to put closure on her workday and stop that frantic rush home. Jabba the Hutt can wait to have his pie hole filled. In summary, set up your life to make clear and consistent separations in your differing roles. Know something else that sets us up for anxiety? Expectations. I have personally found it very helpful to lower, I mean low to the ground, on the down low low, lower my expectations of people and life in general. Now, there's a difference between lowering your expectations and keeping your standards high. These are two very different things. You can have a high standard to set for people around you, but if you check your expectations at the door, you won't suffer big disappointments. Stop expecting people to live life and think like you. Think about it and try it. By the way, this is a great tool for parents. And by the way, number two, I'm thinking of doing a series on podcasts on parenting. One of my claims to fame. Watch for it. A couple of final tips here to calm anxiety. Avoid the triggers that that cause your anxiety. I'm going to discuss avoidance in a later podcast as it gets such a bad rap in our world. Finally, Don't do stupid stuff to make yourself anxious. Illegal drugs, excessive alcohol, don't play video games all night and then go to school or work on two hours of sleep, looking for social media to solve your anxiety, or modeling your life after the TV reality stars like the Krapdashians. In the next section, I'm going to discuss sleep. And I'm very excited about all I can help you with here. Great stuff. Please don't miss it.